right. So it's a, it's a process. Uh, we coordinate our members from the office. Bill, uh, uh, of course, is the lobbyist, so he can have access to all that information. Instead of program, we go to the legislator's office and talk about it. And he'll, he'll tell you stories like uh, one legislator walked in and, uh, and, and recognized other people. One, one, one person put out yard signs for, another had a dinner for, that sort of thing. Suddenly, legislators are connecting to gun owners, and you're seeing actually real people who uh, don't drag your apple when they walk in the door and so forth and so on. So it's been a very effective way to do that. And I encourage you to talk to Bill. Um, and, uh, and maybe there's ways that you can do that in your own state. So that's one of the ways that we have a fight. Yes, that. And it's opening doors to legislators that we've not had the door open to. The one legislator that Bill met with, I've never been able to get into that legislative office. Well, it's pretty good. And I presented my card and that's pretty well. So that is, you have to do that. You say you got to go to lobby your legislator, you have to have a plan to lobby your legislator. You just can't talk much about it once you vote against this government thing. No, you've got to actually get engaged. If you don't engage the enemy, you are going to lose. So that is the ISRA plan for that idea. Another thing that happened, we kind of fell on our lap. Um, we have two states here. We have Cook County. And the rest of all is just like America. Right? <laughs> so like America. We have uh, we had a county, we had a county yesterday. Uh, 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 Chicago and the rest of it's just like America. Out of the tip of Illinois, Washington, DC is actually north of us. So that's how long the state is. Well, the state also the only state has Canadian uh, spruce and has um, a anyway, we did the uh, a sanctuary county movement, and we have 42 counties that said they don't want to pass any more counties in the state. It's a great way to get out of the skin of the anti-country. Yeah. 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 Well, the outside comes I thought it was 57 already, though. Uh, we get a fancy introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, everybody. My name is Alan Jacob with the uh, New Jersey Second Society. I wanted to come here and talk to you and warn you about what goes on in New Jersey. I want to talk about the successes that you have made, surprisingly. There are some of those you can enter to our desktop work and read our new section. But I want to warn you and tell you about why I fight every day. In New Jersey, we have so-called universal background checks. The entire parade scheme that you have to go and beg for a permit just to buy a car. I know this sounds insane, but every day people are going into the police departments and being told that their application is sitting on the desk and they'll do it for the feeling. Why is this important? I'll tell you why it's important. Look up a woman named Carol Brown. Calabon was a five-foot woman, 80 pounds, in fear of her life, and her psychotic ex-boyfriend that was threatening her every day. She knew the greatest equalizer between a woman that is five foot and a monster that was six foot six, 280 pounds, 
was a fire. Every day she went to the police department and begged for her permits in the process. On the 25th day, this man attacked her in her driveway and stabbed her to death. That's why I fight every day. The left wants to destroy this culture of violence. You don't have to look past the jersey for that. Just about a year ago, two high school kids in Lacey Township, New Jersey, went to the gun range with their friends. And they posted a picture on their social media. The following day, they were expelled from school for five days. We're sitting here with Dan Owens, at the gun range holding guns. Of course, the lawyers came in threatening lawsuits. The town was a, there was a big uproar in the town, and we all went to the school board meeting. And for hours, we were being, the school board was being yelled at by the public. So hey. You guys, the school board is telling us that, hey, they're all going to remember they love guns. This was just an isolated incident. I said, prove it. I'm going to host a day where we're going to take all the students to the gun range for free, and I'm going to pay for it. And you know what happened? Hundreds of students signed up for this event. <laughs> that's how that Sure enough, we had a day of the event. Media was there for all students and children and uh, high school students wanted to learn about guns. And the best quote that came out of that day was a student saying, Wow, I thought guns were scary. This was actually a lot of fun. Did you even see this? And you know we won that issue because the following week there was a loathing viewing article by a Newburgh Page spokesperson, appalled, appalled. The wording was so strong. She was disgusted by the fact that how could anybody find shooting guns fun? And that's how we went back every day. We turned a negative into a positive. We came out as the heroes. We got many students involved in a shooting sport by majority that would have otherwise have thought guns are bad and evil and never want to go to a shooting range or learn about firearms the right way. Yes! That's why I like to call it every day. Let me ask you a question. If one of your loved ones or yourself was killed tomorrow, would you fight harder today for their right or your right to protect yourself? I know I would. And every day I talk to Caliban's family and I hear about the pain they deal with of the loss of their daughter. Folks, we need to support New Jersey. How do you kill a snake? You cut his head off. And I want you guys to try to help us in New Jersey. Because the second time anybody dies, dies Thank you very much. That's why I Okay. Yeah, so, um, I'd like to thank these gentlemen, and um, while they are exiting, they might stay in the lab. Um, I would like to invite uh, Rick Patterson, who is the executive director of uh, the Splitting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute.
also known as salmon. I was just going to say I was going to give my open. And you thank you very much, Julianne, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And my appreciation to the Second Amendment Foundation for putting together this great event. It's truly an honor to be here among so many who have done so much to protect America's liberties and freedoms. My name is Rick Patterson. I'm the executive director of the Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute, also known as SAMI. SAMI was created in 1926 at the request of the federal government to create standards for safety, reliability, and interchangeability of firearms, ammunition, and so In short, we have everything to do with facts and business. It's the design, manufacture, transportation, storage, and use. Safety and reliability is our watch. We also represent the industry in a host of arenas, most significantly in the regulatory world. Many today are talking about the lobbying efforts that are so critical to our success. We don't do that. We're a 501c6 technical organization. Again, we're about facts and business. We educate. Or try to. There are two premises to the gun control argument. Number one, that more guns will equal more crime. And number two, more gun control will equal less crime. There's only one little problem with that. They are not factually true. There are no facts to support their premise, only the emotion. We have the facts on our side. We have a great story to tell. It does not make a sexy headline, and it does take time. The facts remain. Back in 2001, when the UN launched their program of action to prevent that eradicate the illicit trade in small arms and light weapons in all its aspects. Um, we call that the POA for short. Uh, and then again in 2005, with the creation of the International Tracing Instrument, we pushed very hard, along with our partner organizations, that the right way to move forward is to mark only one part, the frame for the receiver. Of course, the gun control groups want to mark everything because they're all about control and you know, more control is better. Um, but marking multiple parts not only increases the costs for both industry and for the government's record keeping, etc., it also exponentially increases the errors in tracing. Errors in tracing give defense lawyers the room they need to get guilty people walking free. That is not what we want to do. The best way was to mark only one part. 
Well, I can tell you it's taken about 15 years now. But in the workshops leading up to the last program of actions, we actually had UN Office of Disarmament Affairs and the Small Arms Survey making the case that you should only mark one part. It takes time for the facts to come through. You know, this is really a difficult speech to put together because you know, we're talking overview and there's so much going on. It's happening on the local level, in towns and cities, in states, in countries, in the global regional organizations, and international bodies like the United Nations. And make no mistake, the gun control groups are extraordinarily coordinated. They cooperate. They work together. You had control arms working with the parklands, anti-gun students. <laughs> I don't care. I told them we're sitting with robots. So to, to Dana, you know, pick that up, one aspect right is, is really quite impossible. Um, obviously, the legislative work is important, but what was alluded to earlier, uh, the regulatory world is becoming increasingly important in the gun control fight. Because it's one thing to pass a law, but then if you have the administrators coming into the regulatory agencies and reinterpreting definitions, et cetera, they can twist the laws to suit their <laughs> needs. I just saw what you did there. What that means <laughs> is that we have that was to be justice coordinated. And we have to get our I'm glad I did not drive up together. there to attend the conference. What Let the hell is that supposed to mean? This is for instance, block them. My the Convention on the Conservation of Migratory Species, International Treaty. And there was a call within that treaty to ban all lead ammunition. We got together, and when I say we, I mean hunting groups, target shooting groups, industry groups. We all pulled together. We coordinated our efforts. We created talking points based on its best factual information. We looked at who was the best organization to reach the people we needed to reach. And we executed that. The end result was we stopped that measure forward. Contrast that with the situation of reach, uh, which is the European regulation, uh, registration, evaluation, and authorization of chemicals. Uh, it is an extraordinarily comprehensive regulation and it's looking at every aspect of everything, the, the printing thing on the packaging of the products that you buy. Um, initially, we all worked in a global effort to put together a dossier that showed there was no factual scientific harm to populations of any species from the use of lead ammunition. We put that information together, submitted it to the regulatory body. And that worked for a number of years. That's interesting. Well, the regulatory body decided I they were going to that tax situation. The European Ammunition and Manufacturing Organization thought, hey, we've got this customer. And they kept it to themselves. They worked with the Battery Coalition to uh, uh, try to stop this from happening. The end result is they didn't get it stopped. Uh, lead has now been listed as a substance of very high concern of the breach. 
And what that means is metallic lead is banned for use unless the regulatory agency decides it will be okay. We now have a severely uphill battle to try to save that ammunition. Uh, now we are all working together. It's a little late, but we're working together now. We're putting together the fact, um, not the least of which is California went down that road. They banned the use of lead ammunition because of lead and converse. Uh, However, for several years down the road, and guess what? Blood levels and converse are unchanged. We're not using lead ammunition there. The lead levels are still high. It wasn't the ammunition. So we have the facts to work with. And working together, we can make it happen. What can we learn from all of this? Number one, we need to be proactive. We can't let issues get ahead of us. Facts take time to sink in. We all know that the anti-gun groups use America. They need to get that quick hit, that, that raw emotion to get people to act. Because once people start thinking about it, this facts start to kick in. And then they start to realize, wait a second, that might not make sense. That might Number two, we have to work together. None of us is as smart as all of us. It's only with that coordination and cooperation that we can meet the high level of coordination that exists with our opponents. And finally, we have the We have the facts on our side. We have to educate ourselves and take our message forward. We have a great story to tell. It's a story of individual freedom, democracy, responsibility, discipline, all those great things. She's never told the people great to make countries And that's what we stand for. We have a great story to tell. Let's tell it together. Thank you. So that was the guy from Sammy, the people that do all the ammunition specs and consistency along the calibers and all that kind of stuff. I didn't realize they were in the program. Organization. That's awesome. They're doing the FDA or something. And I have worked together for the last 10 plus years of international events. And what he talks about is happening with the lab. So Sammy was uh, created in 1926 by the request of the federal government uh, an association for the nation leading manufacturers of firearms and And that guy walking uh, with a shirt. I'd like to start with um, Sean Brown, that's Dr. Doctors were responsible for what was that guy walking with a shirt. Let's just turn around. He's not the inventor of it, but these guys like doctors were responsible for it. This is GRG. Yes, please. We're going to go out there and smoke and get a bottle of stuff. 
Daniel doesn't believe that we have a parking lot behind this hotel. He's convinced we went to a secret bank. Good morning, I'm Sean Corana, the Executive Director at uh, Florida Carey. Maggie on one side, Dano on the other. There's no way somebody can just stand next to me. Yesterday, fucker was standing on this crown check right by my fucking ear. on the other side of Smeggy. Yeah. 
to the to the uh, re-franchising of the rights. Uh, so there's really not much details I can get here. We were really looking up until a man had up the fire, and now we all have There's a little bit of video in there that will show you how full the room is. We need a security in Georgia. Um, a lot of people don't believe it, uh, but about 10 years ago, Georgia was one of the worst states in the country before you could So the Georgia hearing started. Um, the biogens you wanted, that was fine. There were no restrictions on that. Communities you want, developments you want, as long as you keep them at home. You had to have a license to carry a gun anywhere, even in your car. And the places where you couldn't carry one were uh, very heavily restricted. And it was based not on where you were. It wasn't a matter of you can't carry a gun here. It was based on where you were going. Uh, so if you're going to a restaurant, if you're going to church, uh, if you're going to a courthouse or government building or a jail to visit somebody, um, or to go, the list was very long. If you were going there, you couldn't have a gun. In your car and anything like that. So if you think about where you might go on your on your daily routine, if you're going to stop anywhere and have lunch or dinner at a restaurant, you can't have a gun. If you uh, might stop off and renew your driver's license or pay your taxes, take your water bill, something like that, you can have a gun with it, even if everything in your car. Uh, so fast forward today, we've changed uh, quite a few laws in Georgia to where it's now one of the best places in your city to work. So you can always have a gun in your car, regardless of where you're going, and regardless of where you park it. You can park it in the parking lot of uh, at the jail or the courthouse or the church or the restaurant. You can not three hundred people go into a restaurant, even if it serves alcohol, even if you're drinking alcohol. Uh, so we've actually made quite a few strides uh, in Georgia. We're still working on it, though. A lot of people say, hey, you've accomplished so much, what do you need to do anymore? Well, there's always going to be work to do. When is the next break? So we're trying to get something passed in this year's no exception. It's a lot of work shattering. Well, this guy already went a little bit of concerts this year. I think you're most familiar with the troubles of John Angela. Uh, just this year, financial uh, services organizations are prohibited from discriminating um, against. Has anybody uh, seen any other media people here? Involving firearms and ammunition. Have you seen any media also, people here? YouTubers or Instagram? Uh, but unfortunately, only the Attorney General has the power to enforce that right now. Uh, so, that's the issue of the private rights of action. In fact, the Attorney General, if the cop is bad enough, makes a one particular player to work with intervention, and he's got a model of the Christian crime. So one of the things we're going to be working on is to include a private right of action. If you wait till Sunday afternoon, everybody will also have like Another issue we have, which is probably aware of, is um, it had been uh, the case last year that Jordan passed a law that allowed people under 21 to get a license if they were in service. Jordan had previously had a reciprocity with Virginia. Um, Virginia wouldn't recognize the licenses that Georgia issued to people under 21 in the military. Now, there aren't many of those uh, because the law has passed and 
most of the military probably would apply to a period Georgia will have a license anyway. Um, so what happened is the Georgia Attorney General said, well, if Virginia's not recognizing all of our licenses, we're not going to recognize them. So nobody in Virginia became a Georgia's license. So we got a bill passed to say uh, it doesn't matter if another state doesn't recognize the licenses issued people under 21. Georgia will still recognize them. So Virginia was not a big area in the Georgia again. Um, and then lastly, um, there was a law in Georgia that said you couldn't carry a gun past a security uh, checkpoint in a commercial service airport. Well, that's okay because it can't under federal law anyway, and the TSA is good at funding uh, people with guns. What happened is uh, some municipal airports um, decided that if they were having an air show or some event, you could carry a gun there. So we have the Floyd County Airport, and uh, I doubt there's more than a handful of people in this room having any idea where Floyd County, Georgia is. Um, if you're at the Floyd County Airport at a gun show, the uh, air show that they have there every year, um, you can hear the gun there. We sued them and they said, oh, we're a commercial service airport because we sell peanuts in the vending machine. And that's a commercial transaction. <laughs> so we got a law passed in Georgia this year that says commercial service airport means uh, that you are served regularly with scheduled service by an airline that has revenue exceeding one billion dollars a year. Floyd County doesn't have one billion dollars, so that's not a problem here anymore. So we're still keeping up the fight, and um, I, I tell people to say, yeah, why do we need to more security? Guys have done a great job with nothing more to do. There's always more to do. Thank you. They started from a forum, like a district of Georgia read on a forum. Good morning. I'm Mark Craddock, the president of the Maryland Commission. Not Maryland. I know I nothing about Maryland, Challenge. Where's Marco? Why isn't he here? They call it a free state, but we all know that doesn't apply far. So as a preliminary point, I have to say I'm a lawyer. So if I talk like a lawyer and sound like a lawyer, I can't help it. So please bear with me. But what works in America? One of the most sophisticated anti-state government accounts. Well, as you might expect a lawyer to say, below because the law still applies even oh, no, no, in America. I'll give you an example. Maryland, a couple of the, uh, sessions ago, really attempted to ban our background protection on hydro transport and environment. I'm second talking about so-called shotguns and They banned so that if you transfer a loan to your boat out of your to your neighbor for any more, the legislators didn't understand that that's kind of custom in much Alone, long guns to their neighbors. Each and four guns with rape and sending them. Just what happened to the But what they really didn't understand in requiring the background checks for those transfers was that the pilot dealers can't do it. And they're greedy. They tried it in Nevada. And the Nevada Attorney General wrote a legal memorandum and said, Wait a minute, dealers can't do this, and you're requiring the dealer to do something that is federal law. 
So Phil died in the beginning when he got up. But you also have to punch back. Two of my members were arrested on the streets of Annapolis in Capitol, Maryland, for holding any signs on the sidewalk talking about the leadership of the General Assembly. And those, those arrests were led by the chief of the Capitol Police Department. It's the leadership. We later we have a new federal court on First Amendment. Because the first protects the second. That case is still ongoing. The state's trying hard to get out of it. But we have a really strong right on the law. I'll give you another example. The bump stock litigation. Well, we got a good bump stock bill passed in Maryland, but it's not just bump stocks. If anybody's on a farm that increases the rate of fire by any amount of any fire, including revolvers. Oh, no. Now, does that make any sense? Of course not. But that's how the bill was. So we have a suit again in federal court. And one of the claims is that that claim is so impossibly dead, nobody knows what it means. Believe it or not, last Friday, a fellow guy looked at the state and said in the hearing on plenary election motion, I don't know what it means. You've got big problems when it gets to America. He also said, wait a minute, you're seizing private property here. And the state said, oh, we have police power. We can do whatever we want. Now, if they can seize bump stocks, they can seize magazines. The case called Duncan now, and the United States taking That's the second amendment. But you attach a price tag to these exercises of arbitrary power. Because in Maryland, every bill before it comes out of committee has to have a fiscal. So when they wanted to ban last session possession of all magazines, so called high capacities, the ban of sales was now not possession. We're told there's about 750,000 of those magazines in the state of Maryland. Average cost. $30 a piece. Do the, the math. It's $22 million out of your budget under taking And believe it or not, the American Constitution has a very powerful taking protection. Bill Dodd. Now, the stereo for most of us was such that that was not successful in that, but it may well be successful in federal. You can't let anything buy. So, we're litigious because it's It's far better to sit and talk to them ahead of time to stop ahead of This is just what works. In education, but what works is attacking them on their own constituents. You really want to imprison your constituents because it's not just banning, it's criminalization problems. Well, everything Maryland State Legislature does is at least for you preparation. And it's one of the most inane things from Queen. Probably. Uh, well, the husband leaves his wife for the handgun. 
We're way in the back of the room and there's like a lot of echo in here. It's hard for us to hear it clearly. It did, however, allow our, our organization to go back to the General Assembly in 2012 and a repealing non-constitutional state emergency day. But even with a Republican-controlled legislature, it wasn't quite as easy to fix. In fact, we had to beat them rather soundly about the head and neck to get them finally to do the right thing and repeal the ban rather than replacing it with another ban of equally suspect constitutional. Now to cut to 2018, and by the way, we've reminded people periodically since then that they now have a right to protect themselves for a declared state of emergency, like the uh, riots in Charlotte a couple of years ago. Now cut to 2018, Hurricane Florence. We, of course, issued alerts reminding people that thanks to the Second Amendment Foundation and grassroots from Carolina, they should now they could now effectively protect their family and property in the aftermath of the hurricane. But that didn't prevent a number of cities from trying to enforce the old ban. We got reports from about five cities, Lebanon, Littleton, Carolina Beach, and Roanoke Rapids, all of which put out declarations of state of emergency which banned carrying firearms. And in each of those cases, after what I call our Pointless. This is the only live stream. I uh, know here that uh, it was also helpful in 2013. We put teeth into our statewide firearms preemption law by adding a provision which allows those damage to recover damages. We need to continue our How many people here that we've done right to Goes to say in the, the, the Police Society more. podcast page on Facebook, there's 30 people. Start a federally registered political action committee. We have two of them. Which one? 37 people. They might have 60 comments after this. 
but also right now it's president at drs.org Thank you, and with your help, we will look at everything. Is that it? For the time? I said, Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Good morning. Yeah, I think I'm the last feature that's in between you and coffee. So let's get with it, all right? <laughs> hey, before I, before I begin on uh, what's going on in Massachusetts, you know, one of the things that uh, really pleased me, especially with the government policy conference, uh, is the number of ladies we have in the world. And so if you're able to, ladies, stand up and be recognized. The other thing is that I'm going to be able to well on women rolling their eyes. And speaking of women, you know, how about my state senator Liz Warren? How about a hand for her? I only hear that one. Well, the good news is, you haven't heard this, is that you said to take part in the EP it should be the second of the civil rights uh, policy conference. It actually should be inalienable rights, but try to explain to anybody outside this room what that word means. They're probably going to talk about immigration. But anyway. Um, so, Massachusetts, we kind of got hammered this year. I knew we were going to just don't have a strength up there that, that I would love to have. And it was always a result of our But let's make something very clear. Everybody in this room knows it, but we need to make it clear to the people outside this room. Parkland was an absolute default laid at every single level of government involved in that school. That kid should not have been walking the streets that might have access to any kind of gun or anything that would have hurt those kids. So when those kids marched on Washington, their megaphones were pointed in the wrong direction. Rather than screaming at us, the gun owners, the gun industry, they should have been screaming at Congress Failing to do their job to keep those kids safe. Period. End of story. By the way, how about that grassroots demonstration in Washington? Harold Swift couldn't put that on in 30 days, never mind a bunch of high school kids, right? Well, let's not talk about grassroots. Anyway, we faced the herbal bill, the red flag bill, and we knew early on. We didn't stand a chance to be the same Even our friends were running away from us, scared. Scared to death. Bringing out five bombs and everything. So they just, they, they wouldn't come, they wouldn't even talk to us about it. So we had one thing left to do, and that's to expose what it was truly all about. Yeah, we were going to fight about due process and you know, civil rights and all this. But we also want to be the champions of mental health because, after all, this is all about mental health, right? 
You don't want crazy people to have guns, so it's about mental health, right? So the first stage was, okay, we want to protect these kids from potential monsters that are going to come in and murder our children. Good cause. Okay. So what's the Herpo bill do? Herpo bill is supposed to identify those people ahead of time and then remove their lawful guns from them. By the way, the bill that passed in Massachusetts can only be used against licensed gun owners. You don't need to look at a gun to stop it. So we came in and we said, okay, you've identified this monster. Now, okay, you're taking the gun away. Now what? And I said in committee, can they be a teacher? Can they be a doctor? Can they be a tractor driver? You know, a driver? There's all kinds of ways you can commit all kinds of mayhem. So what about all these kinds of restrictions? And believe it or not, they actually said, well, Jim, you can't restrict their right to earn a living. They haven't done anything wrong. Okay, next. So they said, well, the other part of this, Jim, is that we want to prevent suicide. Well, first of all, in Massachusetts, even the state will tell you that suicide by self-defense is three times as that as suicide by gun. So our whole thing is we had talked about veterans, we had talked about people in extreme situations. And I said, okay, so you're taking somebody in a very extreme situation, you think you're suicidal, so you want them to actually go to a courtroom, expose all their problems to the general public, and then you're going to take your gun away and send them home. And I said, well, are you going to get these people any help? And they said, well, no, Jim, because if we got them help, it might stigmatize them. So you would think you just drag this down the wall and embarrass them in front of everybody, but you don't want to say I assume that they were screaming somewhere. All right. Listen, if you can't defeat them, expose them for what they are. No. We did so much groundwork on exposing them and pushing the mental health agenda, trying to keep people safe, getting people help. The night of the debate, the chairman of the public safety committee finally had to get up on the house floor and said, listen, we are not going to debate mental health tonight. This is a gun licensing bill, not a mental health bill. And he actually said on the floor, I must have lost his mind. He said, I had over a dozen meetings with Ron's demands attention. And they never once mentioned mental health. All they want is the guns. And the whole house just gasped like, Oh my God, he actually said it to public. So listen, we weren't able to defeat them, but we certainly showed the public for who they really are. And by the way, the bill of Massachusetts that passed is so bad that if you're, if you're given an emergency order, which you never get to see a judge on an emergency order, if you want to appeal it afterwards, you have to give up ownership of your guns, not just possession. All right? So keep fighting, folks. Ladies, thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the coffee. Apparently, it's off the office. Not on my radar. <laughs> somebody text me if somebody steals this fucking laptop. Ladies and gentlemen, there is coffee outside. But before you leave any rush, there's 
no clock left because twenty two hundred meters in the hotel charges us yes one hundred and ten dollars a gallon a gallon what not an urn but a gallon of coffee plus twenty four percent gratuity plus sales tax plus sales tax on gratuities we're looking at about one hundred and forty five dollars a gallon so, so like, there's coffee but <laughs> <laughs> order to be coffee sparingly. Yeah, there is a coffee shop um, that is much less expensive. But I don't want you to think like that we don't want you to have anything to drink. It's just uh, we are trying to be good stewards of our funds. Well, somebody text me if you start hearing somebody huffing and puffing walking away with this laptop. Is Dano breathing too heavily? All right, I'm going to wait while everybody else goes and smokes and stuff because I don't want anybody stealing my laptop. Bunch of second amendment people steal my laptop. So, just John in here. You saying stuff? Hey, what's going on? Oh, are you? I can't hear you. Hold on. Are you saying anything? Uh, I was, but then I stopped because I wanted to hear what they were saying, and I, I know it sounded like you were talking to someone. Yeah, I can barely hear you. I mean, I know that you're saying stuff, but there's like 300 people walking out. Well, tell them to shut up. What? Tell everybody to shut up. Ten minutes. <laughs> Should not infringe my First Amendment. <laughs> Oh, Patrick is on his way too. What? Patrick is on his way to the gun rights policy conference. Yeah, in real he said. Yeah, he said he's about five miles away. Oh shit. Yeah. So, where is he listening or what? I'm guessing he's listening and he's on his way. Okay, so you're uh, when you come in, go past like the valet parking and like go between the hotel and the convention center. I'm pretty sure it's like going east. But uh, go through there, and then when you get to like the trees, it's going to dead end, and you have to choose go left or right. You take a left, and then you go in, and their parking is like thirty six fucking dollars. So uh, go through, get your parking ticket, and then when you come in here, you can get it validated that the parking is free. Is this a traveling conference? Yeah, it goes to a different location every thirty three years. For the last thirty three years, every year it alternates between a pro gun. And uh, anti gun state. Next year it'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Phoenix next year. So you get to hang out with uh, Angry and Heavy and Brandon. Is he uh, our gun freedom radio? Is uh, out of Phoenix, so there'll be a big presence there, I'm sure. Of course, Arizona Citizens Defense League will be kicking butt and be hosted. Posted it a few times now, actually. <laughs> Patrick asks, Will my big ass van fit in the parking? My big ass van fits back there. So you go in and go around and look for my van and Smeggy's truck. 
Yesterday there was a shit ton of other conferences here, and I don't know if they're here today because I didn't look around. But uh, there might be a shit ton of conferences happening in all the parking states. Gun Freedom Radio's website is pretty awesome. She does a great job on that site. Definitely uh, well done. She gives a really good biography of each of the guests. And then because she's had guests on repeatedly, there's like links to the various podcasts or whatever you want to call them, shows where um, they, uh, you know, when they've been guests. And she talks about what they're doing. So she does a good job. The only problem I have with their podcast is that their own people are only on sometimes for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and they just get going into an interview and then it's over. I thought the, uh, I thought the interviews that uh, FPC did were good too. What? FPC, he sat down with quite a few people at a table and he interviewed each one. I thought those were talking about Craig from Firearms yeah. Policy Foundation. Yeah, I thought those were pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Um, I was in there listening. So he was talking to Argo, Jay, and Kevin, and then uh, probably some other people. Yeah, he had like he had like uh, four or five videos up already with that. Shit, I'm about to run out of battery here. Folks, the Sun audio of this conference will be available. Afterwards, on Saturday night, it should be first uh, Saturday, it should be up. The web address is libertywatchradio.com. Again, libertywatchradio.com. I will not be doing thumb drives at the end of tonight's conference. conference. I'm just going to put them on libertywatchradio.com. I will make an exception for some members of the media reporting on this and members of SAF, the, um, the, uh, the staff of SAF, but other than that, generally not doing thumb drives. If you're a media person and you're on deadline, come see me. I'm sitting behind the screen. And uh, to everybody else who pay no attention to me behind the curtain. Indeed, for media use, if you need the thumb drive, see me after. I'm going to read fairly soon after the conference ends. I need to plug in here. Oh, I am Is that it, or they're just taking a break? Yeah, definitely a lack of electric in there. But it sounds like they might be uh, sending them over for uh, everything here, maybe. Bullshit, the audio is available now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Charles is uh, Liberty Watch Radio, right? Sunday show. He's uh, been recording the audio from the Gun Rights Policy Conference for more than 10 years. And back in the olden days, he would record it right off the board, you know, from the speakers or microphones going to the speakers. And then uh, um, he would put it on a CD-ROM. So he would burn like a dozens of CD-ROMs Saturday or Sunday night. And people could pick up a CD-ROM and then uh, actually he first started doing the CD-ROMs at home and shipping them to people. And then once he figured out how to do them here, he would sit there all day Sunday burning off CD-ROMs. 
Liberty Watch Radio. Thanks, folks. Uh, Charles has been doing a radio show for like 22 years, every Sunday, uh, Armed America uh, Radio, and then uh, Liberty Watch. So um, I got to wait for a guy to finish charging his phone. There's only one fucking electric thing in this whole phone. Probably shouldn't swear. This is the only live uh, feed going. So I don't like it. I like being sloppy. I don't like the idea that the only YouTube thing is my sloppy one. Obviously, if I don't have a good microphone, I don't have any interest in having good microphones. I guess I could drag this whole thing over behind there where Charles is at. Probably run it right off of the board. But I don't have a mic. So I but I could definitely put it back there. Hey, G. Is, is that, do they have more speakers or are they sending them home before it gets dark since they are in Illinois? What are you talking about, dude? It's going to be speakers all day till 5 and then till 6 p.m., I guess. Oh, okay. And then uh, there will be stuff tomorrow. Tomorrow it's uh, 8.30 to 1 p.m. Oh, then at 1 p.m. we real Chicago pizza because Maggie doesn't know what the fuck pizza is. I think some kind of round bread is pizza. Oh, that poor You don't know what pizza is. You think some sort of smashed cracker is pizza. Heck yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it might be a flavored cracker. Cracker snack. Yeah, they make some pretty good crackers, okay? I don't mind a your pizza cracker snack once in a while, but it ain't no real pizza. I'm wondering if I should go get my fucking cord. Dan really wants to see the parking lot so bad. He's convinced that we're lying to him about the parking lot. That's, uh, Dano, that's Dano's big thing about going there, the parking lot? No, Dan fucking parked in a parking lot that cost him like 20 bucks. And I parked Jesus in a parking Christ. lot that cost 30 bucks, but I get my parking validated. So, <laughs> so he went in and took a right instead of taking a left. It's crazy. Well, he's got those Buku uh, Uber bucks. That's true. He's so used to Ubering everywhere. It is fucking cold in here. Fucking freezing. I do have an electric cord though, so I might go get an electric cord overhand. You need to attach a generator on top of your van. No, I don't. This way you could run a cord all the way from the parking lot inside the building. We need Tesla energy. We just need a Tesla energy generator. Yeah, nobody could afford that. All right, it's about to die, so what do I do? I'm going to shut it down and go get an electric cord. So I'll do a part two in a minute here, and it'll be a little bit abbreviated after the second break till the end of the day, probably. I'll have a cord. So, if we're still alive, I'll change this to one. And thanks everybody for watching and listening. See you guys in a little bit. Yeah, it'll be maybe however long it takes me to walk all the way out to that van and back.